It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, on today's episode of Wise Money, we're going to be talking about three different tax planning strategies and walking through how they've been enhanced for 2023. These improvements uh, should benefit a lot of people, and we want them to benefit you. So we're covering that and more, including questions from fans of the show on today's episode. That's right. How do you submit questions? You can do so a few different ways. First, call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Wisemoneyshow.com is is how you find us online. You can reach out to us that way as well or through social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. That's for questions for the show. But I I mean, this is a time where people have a lot of questions about what, you know, what they're doing. Should you make changes? Should you, you know, make adjustments in your investment? Should you change your change your tax planning strategies, which is what we're talking about right now? Work with a certified financial planner. Our team is here to help you as well. You can find us using those same uh, using those same avenues. Okay, so I, I would argue it's always important to have a proper tax shelter strategy that, through proactive tax planning, you've identified which tax planning strategies make the most sense for your unique financial situation. And then through looking at all six areas of your financial life, working with your CFP, you're determining which of those opportunities you should go after and which of them are good opportunities, but you just need to pass on. Well, when the economy is contracting and when the market's contracting, dollars feel more scarce, right? You've got to be even more careful. And I would argue, we would argue, you've got to be even more sure that you're doing everything possible to have dollars in the right tax shelter so that you're avoiding paying any more tax than you should because it's even more scarce and even more important during these times. Well, we're going to talk through three of our favorite tax planning strategies and how they're being enhanced for 2023 and how you can use them and, and benefit from them. The first, I was actually talking, I was walking through the KFG halls the uh, other day, one of our rising stars, Brandon Stoller, uh, one of our financial advisors said, I love it that you've got a favorite tax credit. And I say that sometimes on some of the Wise Money Show videos. And that's the first one. That's that's where we're going to start. And yes, I do. It makes me a nerd. I haven't. It named... makes him a nerd too. <laughs> one nerd admiring another nerd. That's right. There. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I haven't named a pet after it yet, but I I could, you know, get a goldfish, have a day, and say, <laughs> "You're the retirement savers contribution credit." There you go. So that's the first one we're going to start with the retirement savers contribution credit. Let's talk about how it works, how it's being expanded in 2023, how you can take advantage of it. Well, I think this one has been a financial advisor favorite since the beginning. And uh, I I mean, it goes back to early 2000s, right? Maybe 2006, 2007, something like that. And uh, in fact, we were kind of commenting recently about the history of this credit. Um, You know, it used to be that it it didn't apply to that many people. Your income had to be on the lower side. I think it was $50,000 when it first came out. But it's, it's had some pretty meaningful increases uh, over time. More and more people are eligible for this. And in fact, if you're a married couple and your uh, income is under 73000 starting next year, you could be eligible for this great credit. And I want to emphasize the word credit. 
And we, we don't often pause to point out that tax credits should be one of your best friends on the tax return. Absolutely. You know, a, a credit is a dollar for dollar reduction in the amount of tax you pay. That's different than a tax write-off or a deduction, as we often call them. Those just reduce your income, and it has a calculated effect on your tax return. No, this is after you calculated your tax, now we're shaving actual tax dollars off. It's a big deal. So anytime you can make yourself eligible or find that you are eligible for some sort of tax credit, man, your ears should perk up. You should get excited and figure out how you can get more of that. But this is one, just as its name would suggest, it applies to contributions that you're making to retirement. So so here's here's the thing. These are the qualifications why I would name a pet goldfish after this thing. Uh, one is it's a credit. So yes, deductions are good. Credits are great. So you want to capture and gobble up as many credits as possible, dollar for dollar benefit to you on your tax bill. Um, and, and then second, it's a credit for doing something that you're going to do anyway. And that is save up for your financial future, save up for retirement. So let me let me just share this to you so it's succinct and you get it. You can get tax credits, dollars back on your tax return that you don't have to repay just for saving up for your own retirement. That's a great deal. It's a great deal. Yeah. And the only thing that would could possibly make it better is if it was refundable, which it's not. Uh, good point. Well, way to go, wet blanket. I appreciate that. So, so oh, who, <laughs> who qualifies for this thing? Because I don't know, I'm saving up for retirement. Do I get this thing? So I already mentioned that if your income is under $73,000 starting in 2023, then um, you could be eligible for a 10% credit or a 20% credit or a 50% credit. And it all depends on what band you fall into. But um, it, it's fifty per, up to 50% of the first $2,000 that you contribute to your retirement account. And your spouse also could qualify if you're a married couple. So so that's the, that's the 2023 limit, income limit. That's for married filing jointly. So let me state it um, directly. Married filing jointly. If your adjusted gross income is $43,500 or less for the first $2,000 that you contribute to your retirement account, IRA, Roth, IRA, 401k, that sort of thing, you get a $1,000 credit on your taxes. And then because you're married, your spouse could do the exact same thing and get a $1,000 credit on their $2,000. So where is this applicable? Well, if your income, if you're married and your income's at that low of a stage, then it's likely you're a one-income household. Right. Likely, maybe you're, you know, in grad school and you're working part-time, something like that. Maybe you've got some other income sources that you've maybe inherited or something like that, and therefore your earned income, your taxable income, or is significantly lower. Maybe you're, you know, you're working and you're making eighty grand, but you're living on much less and you can save a lot of that into a 401k, something like that. This is a tremendous deal. Yeah, it is. But you could also mess it up. Yeah. And one of the ways that you could mess this up, I I actually observed this, met a new couple a few years back and it was a grad school type of a situation. And um, one spouse was working, the other one was a a student um, and also a a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... um, the, the working spouse was contributing a little over 10%, probably 10 to 12% to their 401k at work. And the, the spouse who was a student wasn't contributing anything. 
And so here they were. They were contributing enough money in total to max out both credits. But the problem was they weren't contributing to both spouses' names. Yep. So the, the mistake was that they were doing all their contributing in just one spouse's name and missing out on up to a $1,000 credit, as you were, you were explaining. So the, the better option would be for the working spouse to contribute enough to their own retirement plan at work to get all the company match that they can and get at least 2000 saved. But anything above and beyond that, you can actually make an IRA or a Roth IRA contribution on behalf of your spouse. It's called a spousal contribution. A lot of people don't realize that you, you can do that. Um, but it, it is true that even if your spouse is not working, you could still contribute in their name and make yourself eligible for this credit. Yep. So one of the unique things about this, and and you've this is another pitfall or issue you need to be aware of, is you could contribute to a Roth IRA. You don't get a tax deduction for that. You don't get a tax benefit for that. It, and then it would grow tax-free for your financial future. But if you're eligible for the Retirement Savers Contribution Credit, you actually would get a tax credit on a Roth IRA contribution. Now, here's why I would point that out. Number one, most people think Roth IRAs after tax, you don't get a tax benefit, but it is eligible for this. But second, if you are right on these thresholds, I told you married filing jointly, 43500 If you're making an IRA contribution or a Roth IRA contribution, it's not going to reduce your adjusted gross income. If you're slightly above or slightly you know, outside of qualifying for the retirement savers contribution credit, maybe you do a little bit into pre-tax IRA. So you get your adjusted gross income below this threshold. So then you can qualify that 50% tax credit is if your income's up to that 43,500. If your income's slightly over that from 43,500 to 47,500, it's a 20% tax credit. It's a big deal. It's a 30% change. Still free money. Still free money, but you don't want to be aware of that. And then from forty-seven thousand five hundred up to that seventy-three thousand, it's a ten percent tax credit. So again, big change. Still free money. Take advantage of it. Capture it. One of our favorite opportunities to point out. What are some other tax planning strategies that are expanding in twenty twenty-three that you need to be aware of? We've got that and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Helping you plan for your taxes, hitting some of our favorite tax planning strategies so that you're aware of them and can utilize them. But also, these are expanding for 2023 so that you can, you know, be aware of that. Maybe if it's something you haven't considered, you do so in the new year by working with your certified financial planner. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFC studios, Kevin Corhorn. In Josh Gregory, every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Go search the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Subscribe to it there, follow us there, whatever, and uh, and rate the program. That's helpful feedback for us. We appreciate appreciate that. Okay, so breaking down three of our favorite tax planning strategies that hopefully you're considering as part of your overall financial plan and determining whether these fit in our strategies that you need to employ or not. First one was capturing the retirement savers contribution credit. In 2023, the number of people eligible is expanding because they've widened that income limit, that income threshold as to how much adjusted gross income you can have and still qualify for it. So Kevin, uh, go on, like where, where in life who should be really aware that they should be capturing this benefit? Yeah, if you're if you're profiling, here's what you've got. You've got early on as I'm getting into my career, but I haven't hit 
peak earnings yet. You've got to be 18. You, you can't be a student. Not a full-time student. And you're not claimed as a dependent on someone else's tax return. Yeah. So there are some things. And this is where you might want to look at some planning. And you might, um, there might be some decisions that you make. And I'm like, well, don't necessarily let this, the, the, the tail wag this dog. But it might make sense to do something slightly differently in your in your financial situation. Mm -hmm. So on your way into your career and into growing your earnings, and then really on your way out. So you know the folks that are saying, hey, I'm still working, but I'm only working three days a week, and I'm, I'm tapering here. You might want to lean in and pay attention to this because if you say, hey, I've got, I've got much less income than I had before, I'm happy with that, you might want to look and say, okay, does it make sense for me to make sure I'm taking advantage of the retirement savers credit. And if you know someone in your in your life, in your circle, that is in this situation, you might want to just say, hey, there's such a thing as retirement savers credit. Have you ever heard about it? Um, because it is, it, it's a great thing. And the other, just, just kind of a, a topper for this is, people say, well, if I'm, if my income is 40 grand and I'm, an, and I'm a family, I know I can get a 50% credit for what I put in, but I, I don't necessarily have the money. But you might have an account that's not a retirement account, and it might make sense to move some money from that account to a retirement account. And you say, well, I don't want to take money that's that's uh, not in a retirement account, and I've got a lot of flexibility and move it into a retirement account. Well, then consider the Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. You know, consider um, – so there are all kinds of ways that you can plan – and get this benefit. Um, and the cool thing is you can you can do this some of this planning at tax time with your tax planner, which typically for most folks, their tax preparer is not a planner. Two different sides of the brain. Yeah. So the other folks where this could influence, we already we already uh, mentioned it, is if you're if you have other income or excuse me, other resources that as you spend it it's not taxable. Therefore, your income looks really small, but you still have, you know, a, a, a manageable lifestyle. And that could be you've received an inheritance, you've got some other income, maybe you own a business or something like that, that has, you know, profits and losses or whatever. Um, maybe you're a pastor. And as a pastor, some of your income uh, is sheltered for housing allowance and whatnot and doesn't, doesn't land on, on as your adjusted gross income. So those are scenarios where it could it, it could work for you. So, okay. All right, let's transition over to our next tax planning strategies, a local favorite here. So depending on where you're listening, all of these details may not apply, but that is the 529 plan. And at least where our headquarters is, Indiana, um, we've got offices in Northern Indiana and, and Southern Michigan. There's a an expansion to the tax credit and the tax benefit that you get in Indiana on your Indiana state taxes. Yeah, part of the reason this is such a, a favorite of us here locally is because I, I still hold that Indiana has the best 529 plan in the whole country. By far. Um, and it, I don't know. I, I think it's something that if you are an Indiana resident and you have any aspirations at all to be able to help your children or grandchildren pay for, for college, then this is something that you have to educate yourself on. And, 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 and pay for college or kindergarten through 12th grade. Yeah, if they're mm -hmm. uh, doing private school or anything like that. And the, the, the options available to you for what you can use this money for have been expanded over time. But 
Part of the reason that we love it so much is because it is a tax shelter, just like every other state's 529 plan. When you put money into a 529 plan, it is a college savings account. It's a tax shelter that allows you to grow this pool of money for the future, for education expenses, without being taxed along the way. So as it grows, you don't have to count that income on your tax return. Also, when you pull the money out, if you're pulling it out for qualified uh, education expenses, it comes out tax-free. So you don't even pay on the growth and the gains and everything at that time either. It's similar to a Roth IRA then for college, for college expenses. Really, for universally across the nation, um, your contribution, there's no tax deduction on that. All the dollars and activity, financial activity, gains, dividends, interest, all that stuff is sheltered from tax along the way. And then if you pull that money out for a qualified education expense, which is, you know, tuition, room, board, books, all that sort of stuff, um, then it that the growth is tax free. So it's similar to the Roth IRA just for college. That's right. And so no matter what state you're in, a 529 plan can be a great tool for you to be using in your financial planning, especially for the goal of retire or sorry, not for retirement, but for college. Because you have a lot of years to accumulate money for college. There's a lot of time for those dollars to be growing. But some states offer you an additional benefit. And it's on the front end when you're making the contribution. And that's that's what we love so much about Indiana's plan. When you contribute for, for all these years, um, I think, is it 2007 that that started as well? I believe so. Um, it started out that the first $5,000 that you contributed to a 529 plan. To the Indiana as, 529 plan. That's, that's right. It's got to be in this state, and you have to be an Indiana resident or taxpayer. Um, but you would qualify for a tax credit. We already said how much we love tax credits, yeah. right? But this is a tax credit against the state income taxes, and it was a 20% credit on the first five grand. So the, the math is it's $1,000 on the table for you to reduce your tax bill by for doing something, again, that you hopefully are already considering doing. It was already your intention to be helping with college, and this is just a better mechanism to do it. Starting next year, that number goes from 5000 to 7500 So you might say, well, wait a second, that's not that big of a deal. I can already put more than five grand into a 529 plan. What's the big deal? Well, do the math. If the credit amount is 20%, and it has been 20% on the first five grand, now 20% on 7500 You guys know I don't do math on the, on the radio. <laughs> Fifteen hundred bucks. That's, yeah. So a that's real money. And and financial folks are uh, kind of notorious for creating percentages when they don't even matter. That's a fifty percent increase in your tax credit. And and so just a quick <laughs> explanation because you. if you're if you're listening to this in Michigan and you're saying wait a minute I know the world headquarters of Cohorn Financial Group is in Indiana but I'm in Michigan what about me? So you get a deduction. If you're a single filer, if you put five grand in, you can get a deduction on your state taxes. Um, uh, and if you're married, it's ten thousand. Ten grand. Now that one, that's a net contribution. Um, so whatever you contribute and then take out, you know, the the credit applies to, or the deduction applies to the netting of those two numbers. Indiana actually is pretty loosey goosey on that. It, it, they don't, you don't have to net that out. They do because you're getting this tax credit on your contribution now the contributions your tax basis your cost basis that's got to be used for qualified educational expenses too but it's likely going to be anyway 
So, yeah. This is one of the reasons why your certified financial planner needs to be doing comprehensive financial planning. And they're the ones who are going to keep all these numbers in their head. You don't have to memorize the numbers that we just rattled off. We just want you asking great questions and raising great concerns or topics as you're talking to your certified financial planner. They will help you figure out how to maximize these benefits for your benefit. And know that each state has their own unique 529 plan. So you can participate in any state's 529 plan, but if you don't participate in the state's plan that you earn income in, if there are any kind of tax benefits, you will not get those tax benefits. Yeah, state Good tax point. benefits. Yeah. I so I think it's about half. Half of the states there's no state benefit. The other half, you know, there's a chunk that, you know, there is no state tax, I guess. But Indiana, it's a very rich credit, so make sure you're taking advantage of that. What are some other tax credits that you need to take advantage of? We've got that more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Have you always wanted to contribute to a Roth IRA, but maybe your income was just a little bit too high? Well, good news check again. 2023 might be your year. We're helping you with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is recorded on the YouTube channel. You can see all the bonus content between segments, all that fun stuff, as well as a lot of other content that we post all throughout the work week. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure, go to YouTube, Search The Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there, subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications so you're made aware every time we drop new content, and then you can comment on the show, you can like the content, all that fun stuff, share it as well. So we appreciate that. All right, we're talking about three of our favorite tax planning strategies that hopefully you've considered working with your certified financial planner, and then uh, and then how they're expanding in 2023. Now, this one's, this one's pretty basic, but... I got to tell you, I was excited. I was excited about it. In fact, I did a, did a, uh, a video about it on the YouTube channel. And I was <laughs> excited about how these contribution limits were expanding, phase-outs were expanding. And my brother-in-law actually reached out to my wife and said, you got to tell Mike I was so excited by his excitement. And I think that was, <laughs> he, was, he was basically calling me a nerd, which I self-professed, right? But uh, this is the, the, the third tax planning strategy that we'd want to make sure that you take advantage of and you're aware of how it's changing for 2023 is the expansion of who's eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA and the expansion of those contribution limits. I refuse to like even weigh in on these numbers. Josh, Josh got mad. He got mad when, <laughs> when we were looking at the details and how this has changed and the difference between single filers, married filing joint. I, I he wouldn't got mad. be able to keep these numbers in my head if I tried. Well, it is maddening, but that's the point, right? The point is this is not a show about numbers. It's a show about financial planning, and this is a call to action. You need to know. What do you need to know? You need to know the numbers are all changing, which means – and I don't know about you, but I like to do the set it and forget it. Ron Popeil talked about how you can do this turk, this chicken thing and just <laughs> set it. And then the audience. You bought go, one, didn't you? Josh, Admit it right now. Admit the, it. The Jack LaLanne juicer. Dude, I, <laughs> I love, I'm going to put my blue blockers on for the rest of the show. I love, I love infomercials because I just, I get so excited. And, and Ron Popeil would say, just set it. And the audience goes, and forget it. And it's just awesome. So 
this is I what think you, you were in the audience. This, yeah. we're in. I, uh, I, I did have audience on me, but here's the thing. You think, okay, I just want my financial life to be simple. I just want to set it and forget it. Like make a decision once and let that decision ride. And I would, I, I want to encourage you, you can't do that. And especially right now. And you say, well, what's so special about right now? All the numbers are changing. So we've gone, and depending on what industry you're in, there are some industries that are doing better than they've ever done. And you say, hey, I'm not impacted by inflation because uh, everything is floating north. There are some industries that are being crippled by various economic factors in place, and they're really struggling. And those struggles are going to uh, manifest themselves differently. So I would say, okay, make sure right now, first of all, you, the, the foundation of your financial house is super strong and you've got your three bank account system. That's all working. But then know what your limits are because we just talked about, hey, I can fund, uh, I, can, I can do if I put money into a retirement plan, I might get a retirement savers credit. If I put money into a 529 plan, I might either get a credit if I'm in Indiana, a deduction in Michigan, depending on what state you live in, you might get some sort of benefit. Um, they don't, they, they're not, they're not giving any help to the people that contribute uh, to the 529 plan in Florida. And so w- when you, when you look at that, you say, well, then what about this? And you say, okay, I've got, should I do more in a Roth IRA? Did I just become eligible? Am I newly eligible to contribute to a Roth IRA? If I'm not, can I do a backdoor Roth IRA? So there's all kinds of strategies, but these strategies are all, uh, it will all be effect of the cause. And the cause is I have my present financial position completely nailed and I'm ready to go. All right, so let's get into those phase out limits because this is where Josh got mad. In 2020, <laughs> so there's there's folks that we meet with and are doing financial planning and part of financial planning is identifying what tax planning opportunities are available and then going after the ones that make the most sense. And there are clients that come in on an ongoing basis and say, can I fund that Roth area yet? Can I fund that Roth area yet? Because maybe they can't do the backdoor Roth because they've got pre-tax IRA dollars and other things. And so they've just been itching. Well, I've got the income, you know, we, we make okay money and there's room to save here. Can I fund the Roth? And no, you make too much. No, you make too much. And that make too much married filing jointly. If your adjusted gross income was 204,000 this year, or less, you could make a Roth contribution. You just had to have earnings, right? Enough enough wage uh, paycheck money, as Josh calls it. And as long as your adjusted gross income was below 204, you were fine. If it was at 204, but less than 214, then you were limited. You could do a little bit to a Roth, depending on exactly how much your income was, but you were limited. And if your adjusted gross income was above 214, no, you can't contribute to this thing. In 2023, Instead of 204 being that first threshold, that first phase out, it's going to 218. That's a pretty, pretty big jump. And you might say, well, yeah, but inflation, you know, income's going up. I, I don't know. Lots of, lots of folks are seeing pay freezes or income's actually gone down. Hey, there were going to be bonuses, but there's not because, you know, the, the things have gone crazy in the economy. And so if your income is flat or down, and you were at the, if you were slightly above the threshold, you might be eligible now. 
right? Single, this is where you got mad, Josh. Mm -hmm. If you're a single filer, it's not half of those numbers. That would only make sense. Your income previously, that first phase out was 129,000. Right now, if I have the number right in front of me, what is it, 135? Yeah, I think 134 maybe. 138 yes, does not make any sense. 138 is when that phase out starts in 2023 and you are limited on your Roth contribution up to 153,000. Then after that, you, you can't do it. So I think more people are going to be eligible to contribute to the Roth IRA uh, than, than previously. And then it goes down to Kevin, your point. Do you've got the, do you have the resources to do it? Is your financial house in order? Because if your income's gone down and I think that's happened to a large chunk of people, if your income's gone down, you might say, well, I can't, I can't save. Are you kidding me? Cost of chicken wings are higher. So I, if your financial house is in order, then this opportunity is one that you can capture because you can shift dollars from one place to another, capture this Roth contribution. That's exactly right. And so not only are more people potentially eligible, but the contribution limits themselves are getting bigger as well. And and that's been a theme over the years. I mean, over time, they've been kind of ratcheting up the size of a bucket that you're allowed to contribute to each year. And uh, starting in 2023, if you want to contribute to that Roth IRA that we are always singing the praises of on this show, it'll be $6,500 that you're allowed to contribute, plus another $1,000 if you're over age 50. That's a $500 increase. So, so... What if you're listening to this and say, hey, thanks very little. I am not going to be below that limit. That's, that's not going to help. Well, maybe consider the backdoor Roth. Sounds really fancy and oh, I'm, I'm part of this exclusive club if I can do a backdoor Roth. No, it just means that your income's above that threshold and you've got some other circumstances where this fits. If that doesn't work for you either, what about a Roth 401k contribution? Right now, Advantage Roth, right? Yeah, well, actually, I, I don't like that one. I, I say just do an after-tax IRA contribution and accumulate that. Make sure you're filing Form 8606 as you go with your in tracking your basis in your IRA. And at some point in time, before you retire, figure out how to do create a, a, a separation to get your after-tax IRA money separated from your before-tax IRA money and do something with those after-tax contributions to your IRA. Not that's that's sort of a financial planning 401, 402, 403 maybe. That's advanced level that again, why you should be working with your CFP. Your CFP, I mean tax planning is all about identifying which financial which which opportunities exist for you to pay the least amount of tax over your lifetime. And financial planning is all about figuring out which of those you should deploy, which of those you should go after and which of them you should pass by. But your CFP should be bringing you confident, clarity and confidence, especially right now. My goodness, with everything going haywire in the world and the stock market, that clarity and confidence cannot, cannot be overstated. It's significantly important that you're doing the right things. But then they're also going to provide creativity, just what Kevin just mentioned. All right, here's a different way to skin the cat or whatever, right? Here's a different way to achieve achieve that goal. All of that <laughs> should result We're going to hear calm. from our animal cruelty I knew you friends. were a cat hater. I cannot believe you said that. All right, we've got more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. We've been talking about tax shelters today, how to... How to limit how much money Uncle Sam gets his hands on. What if you own a small business? What are your options then? We've got a question from fan of the show that we're going to hit right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. 
Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. You listen to podcasts? I do, actually. Several leadership and spiritual leadership and a few other things. And uh, Wise Money Show. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, you can check it out. Search the Wise Money Show. Subscribe to it there. Follow whatever platform, whatever your podcast platform uh, applies for. But... But rate the program. We appreciate that. That's feedback to us and also helps other people that are searching the vast webs of podcast out there. It helps those that are looking for content on wise financial principles, helps them find us. So we appreciate that. All right, into our favorite section of today's show, and that is uh, fans of the show, listener questions. Okay, so first one, we got a big, long list here, and, and it's... Uh, we don't get to them as often as we'd like to, but Carlos on the YouTube channel says, Hey, I own a small business painting company. I'm not an employee though. Can I still do the retirement plan? Oh, there's a lot to that, Carlos. Let's, let's geek out guys. Yeah, it's in Carlos. We don't have a, a ton of details here, so I'm going to give you some general guidelines to think about, and hopefully this will be helpful to more than Carlos. So I, the first thing that comes into my mind is what is the entity structure of the business? Are you, are you, uh, is this a sole proprietorship? Do you own it all by yourself, or is is it an LLC? If I own it in an LLC, an LLC is my legal structure, and if I don't make any other election, it's also my tax structure. So you say, okay, well, is Carlos, what do you have? Typically, when you look at being able to make a retirement plan contribution, there has to be taxable income. And you might say, well, I'm the owner and I pay taxes on all of the profits. Well, that's fine. That's not earned income. And so you couldn't use that as the basis for your eligibility for contributing to a 401k and SEP, you couldn't even use that as your eligibility to contribute to a Roth IRA. For instance, if all you did, Carlos, was own a painting company and you that's all you did and you pay taxes on a hundred grand of profits every year, that's it. You don't do anything else. You don't have any eligible income that would allow you to contribute to a Roth IRA, a traditional IRA. You, and, and you likely couldn't even be involved in your company's retirement plan. Again, it depends on the size of the company and, and what kind of retirement plan you have set up. But I'm going to say without any taxable earned income, you're not going to be eligible to do anything. And so one of the interesting things is if you do own a company, you own a small painting company, and pretend you set it up as Carlos Painting LLC, and then you made an S-Corp election. Now you're an S-Corp. One of the things that you have to do to remain legitimate as an S-Corp is do at least one payroll a year. So you, so that yeah, you, might... You have to be an employee of that business, in other words, as an officer or whatever. Right. got to pay yourself a salary, and it can be a small salary. Well, actually, you don't have to be an employee, but you ha- that company has to do at least one payroll a year in order to be el- stay its keep its eligibility as an S corp. However, if you're working in the business. And so I, I think I think we're getting around to the ancillary questions to help us direct you in the right way and Carlos, what sort of entity structure is the business? If it's if it's an S corp 
are you working in the business? Well, I don't work in it. I just run it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's kind of like if I don't work in it. I just show up every day and make sure it works. Yeah. So so technically, then to be within the good graces of the IRS in the what is it, 80,000 agents that they're going to be, you know, like the matrix um, that uh, that they're creating. <laughs> Um, technically, if you work in the S Corp, you should pay yourself something. You should be an employee. And if you're an employee, then you're eligible for the retirement plan. If it's not an S Corp, and maybe it's an LLC from a legal structure for a risk management structure, but all the tax shows up as Schedule C income, I suppose you don't need to be a an employee. If you've got employees and you're already paying for payroll, maybe maybe you should. <laughs> And then you can join the retirement plan. Yeah, the other thing to keep in mind is that whatever you do for yourself, you also have to do for your employees. So, um, you know, there are some employers out there that um, they, they want to set up a retirement plan for themselves, but there, there maybe isn't enough dollars to go around to fund for all their employees or whatever. Well, the, the reality is that you can't carve out any individuals, even yourself, um, as a basic principle, right? Mm-hmm. What you do for yourself, you need to do also for those those employees. And there are some relatively streamlined, easy plans to put in place. I'm thinking of like a simple IRA. It doesn't mm-hmm. have a lot of moving parts. It doesn't have a lot of decisions, not a lot of administrative hassle attached to it. It doesn't have a lot of compliance, doesn't have a lot of liability. I love the simple, and they we were talking about the increased contribution limits in the last segment. They really made meaningful increases the only thing I don't like about the simple IRA is I don't have an option to do a Roth contribution to my simple IRA. And that that can be the problem because you look at a simple IRA, that's typically a smaller business. It, like It's almost like a, the small business 401k. The problem is if I'm in a situation where I don't have taxable income, yeah. I'm working part-time and I want to put money into the plan, I, I, I'm creating a tax liability when I shouldn't be, they should they should make it this simpler IRA. <laughs> Simple is actually an acronym. I could still recite it from memory. Can you? Uh, yeah, savings, savings incentive match, match plan for employees Roth. <laughs> simpler, simpler IRA. Uh, okay, so so Carlos, you got to work with your certified financial planner who's who does comprehensive financial planning, understands business entity structure, understand taxes in those qualifications there, as well as tax shelters, four hundred one k's, that sort of stuff. Because um, each answer, like each of those, there's a fork. And then each fork has different prongs coming off of it as well. And so uh, work with your CFP. Uh, the answer should be yes, I think. You, in some sort of way, you should be eligible to contribute to a retirement plan, even if that retirement plan is just an IRA or Roth IRA. Work with your CFP on that. We're going to jump down to another video here or another question here uh, from one of the YouTube videos. Have a question. I've got two sons, age 5 and 15. We're saving up money for future college but it's still just sitting in the bank account because I don't like the 529 plan. I'm looking for other types of savings, which we can use for the kids, um, but not only for their education. And since we're talking about tax shelters, guys, I wanted to hit this question. I've got money saving up for the kids, maybe for college, but I don't want to just use it for college. Therefore, I don't like the 529 plan. Let's talk about that. Well, I mean, you have lots of options. One is you can choose to just do a non-qualified account or just a taxable account. This gives you the maximum flexibility, but 
it doesn't benefit from a tax shelter, unfortunately. Right. And uh, you know, if if you're married and you have you and your spouse could open a joint account, you can call this account whatever you want. It's just a joint account. You can buy and sell mutual funds and stocks and bonds, maybe even certain real estate uh, investments within this account. And uh, so you have lots of flexibility on what you choose to invest in. You have lots of flexibility, complete flexibility on what you use the money for, the timing of when you pull it out, that sort of thing. Um, but as it makes money along the way, you're going to pay taxes on it. Yeah. So that, that gives you, um, it, some people are afraid to use the 529 plan just because they know, well, I'm, I might not want to use it all for college. And uh, if there's any leftover dollars in the account, then we might want to use it for a wedding fund or some other gift to the kids. And and they don't want to pay tax or a penalty on the growth portion that doesn't get used for for college. But even there, you know, it it may you don't want to overstate or over fear, I guess, the the, the taxes because you do still benefit from a five twenty nine plan growing tax. And depending tax on depending on your income, the tax deferral is likely more powerful than the ten percent penalty. Mm-hmm. Now remember, if you're in Indiana and you get that sweet credit. And then you say, nope, I'm not using that. I'm going to pull that money out. Mm-hmm. You got to pay back the credit too. Uh, we love the 529 plan. Yes, one of the. I mean, you, you've got to say this. This money is for college or for primary school edu- uh, tuition or, or something like that. Um, but if you want that flexibility, you're you're going to step away from tax shelters. Just no. open a joint account. No, give me a Roth IRA. I mean, you could. Uh, uh, do you guys know what the contribution do, limits yeah, are? Do, do that as yeah. Do I make too much money? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Great question. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. All the cat skinners out there are pumped. <laughs> They're like, yeah, Mike's one of us. <laughs> He's our guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Who even comes up with these sayings? There's more than one way to kick your dog. <laughs> Jeez. Are you kidding me? Mike, what is wrong with you? Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.